nothing is impossible to him who believes. I'm telling you, there's going to be some tough stuff come up this year. But we talk about this, that uh, uh, Debbie and I have been around a while, and I, many of y'all have been around a while in the faith realm. When you see the kitchen sink go by the third time, you know the devil's run out of fresh stuff, new stuff. He's just having to run it by again, seeing if you'll fall for it one more time. And if it didn't work the first time, and, and it didn't work the second time, you can just sit back and say, you know, he's done with the new stuff. I've passed every test. We're just going to ride this one out easy. Amen. It's time to build this year. It's time to put down a heart, get a harvest in our life and go forth. I tell you, there's going to be ministries launched from Word of Life Church this year. Ministries launched, major transactions and changes in your life this year. Say right now. I'm telling you, it's not the same. It's not routine. It's not as it has been. Had a man tell me a number of years ago, he said, I don't think Jesus is coming back in my lifetime. They've been saying it for years, and he hadn't come back. Well, if he's just coming back once, <laughs> of course he hadn't come back. It's not like it's something he's working up like Christmas. He's not, I don't know when he's coming back. It won't matter to us. We'll be ready, and we'll be doing the stuff of heaven when he hits. And we'll just step over into heaven. There won't be a devil there. there won't be, you won't have to be in faith there, but it won't matter. There'll be victory all over you. Amen. We're going to let our children go to children's church. Praise God. If you're a children, you need to go to children's church. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands before him. There's a river in this room right now. And we just don't want to look at the river. We want to get in the river. Lord Jesus, we just praise you and proclaim you. Lord, this, this season, this time that we're in, oh God, the end of the age is upon us. And Lord, you've chosen us to be in this generation. Thank you, Lord, right now for the move of the Holy Ghost in my life. Thank you, Lord, for the move of the Holy Ghost in my life. Come on, family. Thank you, Lord, for the move of the Holy Ghost in my life. One more time. Thank you, Lord, for the move of the Holy Ghost in my life. Lord, we praise you that you've equipped us by him, the Holy Ghost, to live and move and have our being. Hallelujah. As he is, so are we right now in the world. Greater is he that is in me right now than he that is in the world. Lord, I thank you we do exploits. Exploits are what we do. Hallelujah. The lame walk, the deaf hear, the blind see. Cerebral palsy falls before the name of Jesus. God, we praise you this day that increase, increase has been your, 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 your destiny for us. And we put it on in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Deb, do you have something? Kind of? Okay. Well, we'll go with kind of. Hallelujah. I heard in when he was praying the offering prayer, and I was holding my offering up, uh, heard the Holy Ghost say, uh, it's going they're going to be quick harvest this year. There'll be some quick, a lot of quick harvest this year. 
Praise God. And then I was meditating on that, and I thought about this scripture in Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, there's going to be some suddenlies in in church services. Where just suddenly things, something happens, something breaks out, something breaks forth. That'll be happening in 2012. Suddenlies in our church services and also suddenlies, uh, in your life, just in your, your lives, your businesses. And, uh, and I can't find the scripture right now, but it's in Psalms. I'll try to find that. But there's a scripture. It talks about that. And God's given me this before one time. Um, about a situation that we had going when we lived in Seminole, but uh, there's a scripture and it says that the wicked, you'll see them and they'll seem like everything's okay and then just all of a sudden they're gone. It's over. And I sense that in some situations that y'all are up against where, where people that are uh, opposing you in situations, yes. maybe at the job or whatever, and it's it's a there's a spiritual conflict going on. You know, it's we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but the the Jesus is in us. The Jesus in us aggravates the devil in them, and they will. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. The Jesus in us, and they don't even know why they oppose you. It's not because they don't like you. It's because the Jesus in you is agitating the devil in them. Because they're not born again, and they are of their father, the devil. And so it's just like, I just saw that suddenly that opposition would be over because they would be suddenly gone, suddenly moved, suddenly somewhere else. In a, in a different position or something to that effect. So the, the opposition, there's going to be a lot of people uh, set free from some opposition this year. Praise God. Hallelujah. So whatever's opposing you, don't take it so personal. <laughs> it's not it's not you and why don't they like me? That be that is really dumb for a Christian to say. Why don't they like me? Well, they don't like you because the devil don't like you. Hallelujah. And they don't even know why they don't like you. Yeah. Hallelujah. So it's not personal. It's spiritual. Hallelujah. <laughs> There's a spiritual conflict going on. And that's why God told us in 1 John, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Don't take it personal. Don't worry about it. Ignore it. I do. I Hallelujah. Bind it up when you need to. Praise God. Because whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. Ask the Lord for guidance on that. There's a time to bind and a time to loose, isn't there? Hallelujah. So uh, don't, but don't, don't, don't fret about it and cry about it and worry about it. And you know, uh, hallelujah. Quit trying to get them to like you. Yeah. And it might not be possible unless they got saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, so thank God for advancements in the kingdom. Hallelujah. Thank God you're advancing, you're growing, you're maturing. And one of the reasons that you come up against opposition is at every level that we grow in in Christ, and we're always praying at Monday night prayer to advance, to go higher in the kingdom. We want to go higher in praise. We want to go higher in worship. We want to go higher and have a greater manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. We're always praying for those things. But the higher levels have... You know, you can defeat all the devils on one level, but when you go to a higher level, there's going to be opposition. 
Hallelujah. That's why sometimes even when you move uh, into a new, uh, like even a new town or a new area, there's different uh, opposition in that area. And you may, when you first move, encounter a spiritual battle. Hallelujah. But when you move up in God and you're advanced in the Spirit, God's always promoting us. We get spiritual. As we prove ourselves faithful over little, God promotes us in the Spirit realm. And He gives us greater anointings. And He gives us uh, more uh, responsibility. Hallelujah. But we encounter that opposition and sometimes we think, oh, we, I know I do this bad. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? It's not what we're doing wrong most of the time. Sometimes we might have to deal with something in our own hearts because when, when you go up a level, you'll see something you didn't see before, too, in your own heart. You know, you see better. The higher you go, the better you see. Hallelujah. And so it's not always, uh, you know, it's not, not a lot of times it's not you. Praise God. We, you know that scripture, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. That means I'm not wrestling against people, but I'm not wrestling against my own flesh and blood. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm not wrestling. Hallelujah. Jesus redeemed me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. But I, the, and so I think we a lot of times just try to pretend there is no spiritual warfare, but there is spiritual warfare. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you'll win every time. And the reason, and one of the ways the devil gets us not to win is try to make us think it's us instead of him. Well, what am I doing wrong? I'm not, well, I, you know, I remember when I failed and I remember when I did this. Well, Jesus forgave you and cleansed you because you repented and you're not still failing because of that. Hallelujah. Or having problems because of that. The problem is the devil. The problem's not God. Well, why won't God heal me? Uh, it's not he. Hey, hey, healing is it. It, it belongs to you. It's already it yours right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. Healing belongs to you. It's yours. You have it now. He's not saying, well, now if you'd do this better, and if you'd get in the Word more, and if you'd do this, I'd heal you. No, He healed you before you were born 2,000 years ago. He didn't wait to see how you would act. He just went to the cross and did it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But the devil, he tries to get our minds to think. He puts thoughts and tries to get our minds to think. And that's why uh, Paul told us in Philippians, casting down imaginations and every high thought. He said, we got to cast down every one of those thoughts. Amen. And until we... And you know, sometimes when we're first getting started, it's like a full-time job. It's like <laughs> we can't think for casting because none of our thoughts are very good. And so we, until we start thinking the Word and thinking who I am in Christ and thinking I'm more than a conqueror, hallelujah, and just, rely, hey, just trust in God. He's going to take care of Thank it. He's going to work it out. Everything's going to turn out amazing. It's turning out amazing. Hallelujah. And so not being so much concerned with the day. Or even through these last three weeks, or it's about three weeks, I've had to not be so concerned about the minute to minute, hour to hour, how I feel. Because it doesn't matter. That's all done and it's all fixed anyway. It's, I, everything's turning out amazing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So it's going to be a good year. Thank you, Lord. So good. 2011's gone, passed away. And it was a it was a year of transition and stuff in the spirit realm. And there's going to be a lot of stuff happening. I mean, you know it is. You can even... Boy, I've read the news on the internet and stuff and keep up with what's going on. And man, even since I've seen something, it's like there's a lot of increase in junk and just everything that Iran's doing and all these things since just even since Christmas and the turn of the new year. It, it, it is definitely going on out there and in the political realm. Isn't it funny how all this, it's crazy out there. I've never seen it like this. One candidate's winning this week, and the next week it's somebody else. And, you know, it's just like, we don't know who it is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you figured it out, you tell me. Because, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. But that is just, boy, the, 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 spirit, the earth realm, the world realm is volatile right now. Hallelujah. If somebody lights a match, things could just explode. It's just going to take one finger to cause a war. You know, just one, somebody just has to mash one button and that'll be, it'll be, there'll be war. But hallelujah, we're in our greatest year ever. I really believe that. It I'm is. not just saying that. Hallelujah. I think that 2011 was an overcoming year, but I believe 2012 is a victory year. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. You're gonna, we're going to have the victory together. We and are. we're going to see some suddenlies. Amen. Hallelujah. Some suddenly, some turnaround. Suddenly. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Oh, glory to God. Well, amen. Put your hand on your Bible. Say this with me. Today, I believe absolutely everything that my Bible says. No matter what the devil says. No matter what people say, no matter what my circumstances say, today, I am a born-again child of God. I am a believer. I, therefore, I am an anointed receiver. I receive absolutely everything that God has prepared for me today. It will change my future. It gives me access to heaven's best. It's the most important thing I'll do with my life. Everything is turning out amazing. Turn with me to Matthew. Matthew, praise God, chapter, chapter 4. I want to talk to you this morning about GPS. Just talked to a lady on the phone. I don't know if she's here, but she said, I'm coming to your church, but my GPS is not telling me where you are. Where are you? Well, God's got a GPS, and we've been talking and ministering on being at the right place at the right time. And to do that, to be at the right place at the right time, you need a GPS. You need God's positioning system. Hallelujah. So I want to ask you this morning, just off the top of your head, would you say that today you are where God wants you to be? That today you'd say, I am not struggling, I'm not, there's things going on like Debbie said, but I'm at the right place at the right time. Anybody here say, I am. Hallelujah. Well, here, here it is, the right place 
is where God has sent opportunities to supply you. You know, we talked about how people say, well, I'm over here. God can just send it over here. The right place is where God has sent opportunities to supply you. So God doesn't necessarily send it over to where you are. He tells you where the blessings are, where the opportunities are, and we move. And then the right time, we could say this about the right time, it's when you become ready to access the future. I wasn't ready for some things last year that God had for 2012, but I'm ready now. Things that I went through, things that I faced, challenges I had, things that weren't like I wanted, and even blessings that came that said, you know, that worked. It caused me to have the timing of the Lord to access the future that he has for me. I say this all the time. Sometimes when God wants you to have something in your life and he looks at you and he knows all things and he says, you know, it's going to take them six months to get their, their soul and their faith around this. I'll back up six months before they need to be at the right place at the right time and work on them for that. And at six months from now, they'll be ready for what I have. And some people, they're just like, I can get it tomorrow. Well, then the Lord doesn't talk to you six months in advance. He talks to you the day before because if you're like me, if you know it, you're going to do it. <laughs> and, you know, if he, if he tells me stuff six months in advance, I might be out of timing. Y'all been there before? Too early or too late? It's all not right. In Ecclesiastes, now don't go there, but stay in Matthew, but it says in chapter 3, there is a right time for everything. Let's say it together. There is a right time for everything. That's what the Bible says. It says in, in another one, says there's an opportune time to do things, a right time for everything on earth. Now you understand if God's got the marriage supper of the Lamb planned, thousands of years before you know, anything happened, he knows exactly who's going to be there and everything that's going to be in place, he certainly can get your life lined out. He certainly can put some stuff in advance and, and have stuff waiting for you when you get to where he sent you. He didn't tell you that it would be there when you left. You just said, Lord, I'm trusting you and your word that when I obey you, when I step out here, when I walk on the water, so to speak, that God, you'll be there when I get there. That is the walk of faith, isn't it? That his word is true and that I'm on track. And so there's such a confidence that comes from knowing that you're at the right place at the right time. It is so good. It doesn't matter that it's paying off. It doesn't matter that people like you, like she said, or they're happy with you. You can be settled and satisfied if you know you're at the right place at the right time. I know I and Debbie and I are at the right place at the right time. So I don't have to have outward affirmation. I don't have to be verified that it's this and that's happening and this came through and people say this and I know inside I'm at the right place at the right time. I'm not early. I'm not late. I'm not in the wrong place. I'm where I'm supposed to be, when I'm supposed to be, and it's settled for me. And I'm telling you, if you're looking for a good life, there's nothing better to build your life on than to be satisfied inside. It's life. You, having a peace and security inside, knowing this is, I'm where God wants me to be. 
I'm working out stuff. I'm dealing with stuff. Everything's not perfect, but I'm where he wants me to be. I'm, I'm when he wants me to be. You can wait. You can wait till the dogs come home. You can wait till, they, you know, you can wait for everything to line up if you know I'm at the right place at the right time. If you don't know that, then you don't know if you're out of sync, and so you can't count on a lot of stuff in your life. In the Ecclesiastes, we, uh, where it says there's an opportune time to do things, the word there is eth. We looked at this, and the word eth means an appointed time. So God has a, just like he has an appointed place for you to be, he has an appointed time. Don't get there early. Don't be late. Be where I told you to be at the time I told you to be. And we all know there's seasons of life. There's a time to raise your kids. There's a time to, to, to spoil your grandkids. There's, a, you know, all those sort of seasons of work and all that sort of stuff. We have to judge the seasons of the Lord as well. There's seasons in the Lord just like there's natural seasons that we go through physically and soulishly. So, uh, this word eth means an appropriate time, a divine time. It means a divine happening, that God has got access to a divine happening, and when you access it by being where he tells you to be, when he tells you to be there, you are lining yourself up, you're synchronizing your life for a divine happening. What Debbie just talked about, a suddenly. When it comes together... There's nothing natural to say. This is where they would say in the Harvard School of Business, this is how you do it, or this is how this is done. You just access that place. Lord, I know this is where I'm supposed to be. This is, I know when I'm supposed to be here. Then the divine happening converges, as it were, and it comes on you, and it happens. You walk on the water. Peter walked on the water because he accessed the eth, the divine happening. Well, you need to walk on the water in situations too. You say, ah, not yet. Well, just hang on. Because it's not a matter. It's not a matter of whether you're going to face improbable challenges, things that are going to face you, you go. It is not likely this is not going to happen. It is so unlikely this can happen. It's not a matter is if you will face that. It's a matter of are you ready when it comes? Because everybody in this room, say, that's me. You will face a situation that will require you to use the faith of God inside. You can't figure it out. There's nobody going to save you. There's no way you can get to it, naturally speaking. It'll torment you to work on it in your soul. You will have to go to the place where you say, God, I need you to take care of this. It will happen. It doesn't matter the circumstance. It doesn't matter the challenge. When we moved from uh, West Texas to uh, Alabama, we had no, we had no natural stimulus. There was nothing that would line up. There's nothing you could say, well, we've always got that. Nothing. And we had to pass that test in order to position ourselves to be at the right place at the right time. And so will you. Point to yourself and say, get ready. For a, for a divine happening. That's exactly what's happening. We looked at some things uh, the other day, and we're going to look at them again, about how to be, GPS, how to be at the right place at the right time. 
God, okay, I'm up for it. I want to be there. How do you do it? Well, one thing we looked at is that you got to believe that your life has been scheduled all your life. Now think about this. It says in Acts 13, 36, David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, slept. He served, God had him serve his own generation by the will of God. It says in Galatians 1, 15, Paul said, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me. So God, Paul said, God separated me. At my birth, I was called and assigned for a track in life. There was an assignment on my life. Do you all know there's an assignment on your life? You cannot be at the right place at the right time unless you acknowledge that God's not just bailing you out of trouble, not just getting you out of a sticky wicket, but that all your life he's had a divine plan that he's been working out. And when you get off of plan A, God always, you know, like GPS, refiguring, recalculating, you know, to get you back to plan A. When you get off on plan B or G or X or Z or whatever, just, you know, get to, you're drunk in the gutter. You don't even know God. You're nobody even, you, you know, you were saved when you were seven and you're off worshiping the devil somewhere. God's always got a, 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 a influence that he's working you back to get back to his will and plan. There's an assignment on your life. And if you just miss it a little zig, you just, you know, you just get off the track for a little while, just kind of backslide, just kind of get out of the mood, just kind of whatever. He's always there to nudge you back into the track that has his greatest blessing for your life. There is never a time that God gives up and says, you know, it isn't going to work here. He is that father that looked for the prodigal to come home. He is watching and using his powers, his influences, his angels, the Holy Ghost, to get you back to the very best that he can give you in with, with what you give him to work with. He is maximizing your life for your good. Hallelujah. So the first thing you got to do if you want to be at the right place at the right time is you got to believe God's got an assignment on my life. And the more I yield to it, the more I stop and say, not me, Lord, but you. I'm bought with a price and not my own. Therefore, the more you're going to have God's will in your life. Y'all say amen. amen. Another thing we looked at, and this is important, but we can't spend time there, is that you've got to be easily persuaded to believe and to act. You can't be a hard head. You can't go 16 years anymore and just say, you know, I'm going to wait, and I want to do my thing, and I want to party hardy, and I want to do the world thing. you got to be easily persuaded to believe. you got to have hourly obedience. Point to yourself and say, do it faster. Do it faster. That's what you got to do. You got when the Lord comes to you and says, zig, you got to zig. You can't zag right then. It's zig time. Zagging is later, but now we got to zig. You know, don't zag when you're supposed to zig. Hallelujah. Well, you got to be easily persuaded to believe. When he says, sign up for this, or go do that, or put this offering in, or go help this person, or go, you got to say, this is important for my future. I'm easily persuaded to believe. Arguing with the Lord, you know, wrestling it, seeing how it's going to turn out, see if he sends a lightning bolt, see, you know, all that sort of stuff to see if, it's, if he's serious. You won't be at the right place at the right time, and you won't have his best for your life. 
You can be a Christian and have an assignment on your life and be no better off than a heathen, a sinner, a reprobate. And what? Oh, until heaven, of course. Go to heaven. Definitely go to heaven. But live like hell on the earth. You got that? Well, if you're going to live your life, you might as well live it in the best that God's got. You just, it's no harder. It's no more trouble. Uh, this easily persuaded to believe in Matthew chapter 4. Praise his name. It says in verse 18. I believe it's 18. Uh, yeah, verse, verse 18. It says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now look, verse 20. And straightway they left their nets and followed him. Straightway. 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 Verse 19 says, excuse me, verse 21, and going on from thence. So I guess he just kept on going. It wasn't like, well, he spent a week there trying to talk them into it and work it out and see how they could sell their boats and, you know, talk to Daddy and see if it'd be okay if they could go. Just kept on going. Verse 21 says, and going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in a ship with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. Say, that's me. Come on, by faith, that's you. That's just like I'm easily persuaded to believe. Lord, I'm looking for an opportunity. You don't have to, you don't have to wear me down and work me out and threaten me and carry on and show me my life. I am looking for you to say jump so I can say how far. I am looking, Lord, for you to say, here is the open door. Glad you were ready, and we just step into it. Don't let that thing close on you. Don't let that thing get away. Don't let that thing, you know, be something like Thomas, where you just say, except I see and except I whatever, I'll not believe. Jesus said, well, okay, we can work you in, your type. We can get around that eventually, but blessed are them that see not and believe. You know, we remember the story, we can't go there, but where, where the, the, the servant or whoever it was said, Lord, you don't have to go to my house and work on my servant. Just speak the word only, and he shall be healed. Oh, that's easily persuaded to believe, y'all. And that's who God's called you to be, easily persuaded to believe. Now, there's other things, and we just don't have time this morning, but there's things like prophecies. Maybe we'll look at that another time, where God puts you on the right track through his prophetic word. He talks to you, and you write it down. Well, what does this mean? Well, that can't be, and I don't get this, and what's this, and who's this? Write it down, put it up, and study it out. If it doesn't direct you, it will affirm. Dreams. God will speak to you in the nighttime, or if you're a napper, he might talk to you in the afternoon. <laughs> All right, never mind. And uh, he'll, he'll talk to you and say, pay attention, wake up in the spirit. I'm, I'm doing a new thing. There's a door opening. There's a window shining for you. Don't be sitting there thinking this will never happen. Amen? So there's dreams are also in there. And then uh, there's unctions. 
You got to let your unction function. You got to let God change your mind. You got to have a different way of thinking. We're going to talk about that maybe. That, that how you think, not what you think so much, because you didn't think anything, but how you think, how you process, the paradigm of how you, your outlook, your perspective is important, that God could put you at the right place at the right time. If you, if you are a negative person, a pessimist, or always a doubter, an unbeliever, then anything God would say to you, you meet it with negative. You know people that are like that? that no matter what you say, they have, they have a problem for every solution. Do you all know those people? It doesn't matter how you encourage them. Well, but this. You, that's the wrong way of thinking. God can't, he can't position you. But this morning, just for a minute, I want to talk about a major way that God's GPS works for you, and it's called relationships. It's called being with the right people. Do you think that God would use people to put you in the right place at the right time? That who you aligned yourself, like we even looked in Psalm 1, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Well, that tells you right there that there is a counsel he wants you to walk in. Well, I, you know, it's just me and Jesus. He, he is the commander of my life, and I don't need nobody. Well, that's like a, that's like a staff sergeant on an air base. The captain walking up and saying, Sergeant Jones, I need you at 0400 hours to be over here. And he said, I don't answer to anybody but the president. He is the supreme commander, and I don't answer to anybody. That's what Christians do that think, I don't need anybody in my life. I just answer to Jesus. You are wrong, and you are out of position. You aren't synchronized with God's plan for your life. Amen. Let's turn to a scripture and look at that. It's, uh, it's Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Who praise the Lord. You know there's so many ways to go with this. You're just going to have to meditate this. You're going to have to get this in your spirit. I, you know, I can't teach you everything about this. I certainly don't know everything about this, but all we can do is put the headlight out there, and then you, you get your focus on it and say, I'm going to follow that out. In chapter 12, I love this verse. It says in, in verse 9 of chapter 12, um, you know, that's not going to work. It's just not going to work. Don't y'all hate it when you're ministering and you get the wrong scripture wrote down and you know it, but you just, it's like, where is that rascal? Well, the Bible says two is better than one. I'll just tell you that. Two is better than one. Say it with me. Two is better than one. And it talks about how, you know, if, if one fall down, he'll stay down unless somebody helps him up. And if, uh, how can you get warm by yourself? I'm going to have to wait for everybody to look it up and see if they can find it for me. And everybody's like, I'm not listening to him because I'm going to find this. Okay, my bad. We're going to move on. You know it's in the Bible. Look it up later, and, and it'll prove it out. But it says two is better than one. And God, you cannot get your assignment done, listen, by yourself. He never intended it. It is not his plan. You are in error to think. Whatever God has for me, it's just me and Jesus, and I'll do it. Now, listen, you didn't get saved by yourself. Someone brought you the good news. Someone, you go, no, I read a Gideon Bible and got it. There was somebody put that Gideon Bible in the, in the room or whatever. You, none of us got it by ourselves. Somebody helped us, and somebody prayed for you. 
somebody, you don't know who, but when we first started out years and years ago, we are positive. The Lord showed us that he had people in Dr. Cho's church in Korea, up on Prayer Mountain or whatever, that didn't have a clue about us, but they were praying us out because that was a time when there wasn't anybody that we know of that wanted to or could pray us out. We had people against us. Yeah, we're praying all right, (laughs) and it's not good. Well, we had people praying. You can't do it by yourself. God doesn't want you to do it by yourself, and I'm telling you, he withholds the whole answer for you. It's hidden people, and you've got to find the people. Now, I'm thinking about, you go, well, how can that be? I'm thinking about Lot. You know, Lot wasn't much without Abraham. I think about uh, Joshua. Where did he get his stuff? The Bible says that Moses put part of his spirit on him. Is that right? Uh, How about Elisha? Good boy, but when Elijah was passing by, he was behind a team of oxen. It's not really, you know, your, your hall of fame in the prophet school. You're plowing. Amen? Elisha got his stuff from there. How about Timothy? What was he doing? He was a Greek. He was a, he, he had a, he was a hybrid of some kind, but he was Paul's son in the faith. And he got it from Paul. How about uh, John, James, and and Peter? Peter, James, and John. That's how we say it. Hallelujah. Jesus discipled them. God's pattern for your life. Listen, this is his pattern. And it doesn't matter if you like it or believe it or think that it's abused and think that it's done wrong. It doesn't matter. It is God's pattern, and it will not work for us if we don't do it God's way. But his pattern is, is for you and I to be discipled and go disciple. It is his pattern. It is God's pattern. Now, you may not like this. It doesn't matter. It is God's pattern, though we don't see it in the church, for the pastor to disciple men. And for men, then, to go into their households and to disciple their wives and their children and for the husband and wife to raise the children. It is God's pattern for a king to raise up. It's not God's pattern to have a president and a congress. It's his pattern to have a king. But, you know, he's just not getting his his way, so he's doing the best he can. But it's his way to get a godly king and for him to disciple a nation. It's in the Bible. It's in the book. But it doesn't matter because it's in there, and and that's how it works. So God wants you to to, uh, get in the pattern, to get under and hooked up to somebody not to be bossed by them, not to be uh, definitely all the things that go wrong. There was a shepherding movement many, many years ago that went overboard and went everything, and so everybody threw everything out. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Relationship, listen to this, listen to this. Relationship gives you access. Say access. You don't have access to everything you need by yourself. Access gives you, puts you at the right place at the right time. And the right place and the right time is what Jesus came and said, I have come that you might have life and that you might finish your course, Paul said. I have finished my course because I had access. You know, he was caught up into the third heaven. He had access. You've been caught up into the third heaven? You, you, do you know what Paul knew from, from on your own? No, you had to read it from what Paul got. 
You don't read what Paul got. I don't need what this other man got. I'm a child of God. I can get it from Jesus myself. You sure can. But you don't have access until you use the path or the, 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 the door that he supplied for you. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, look in verse 15. Look what Paul said. Now, this is bold. Are y'all ready for some meat this morning? Can y'all handle just a little bit? Because unless it's working for you so good, you say, I don't need nobody, nowhere, no time. You could listen. You could, you could be teachable. It says, for though ye have, Paul told them, for though ye have, Corinthians, 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet, 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers, for in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore, I beseech you, look at this, be ye followers of me. Now, you could get in the ditch about that so many ways. You could, you could run that to the end, and you could be in a cult by the weekend uh, taking this the wrong way. But if you take it with an humble heart and say, you know, I don't even have time to know and to go and to do and to sift and to find everything there is to know to get my life on track. What if God yet raised up somebody that was a specialist over here and was a father about things over there, and they just downloaded to me what was important, and then I went into my family or in my business or my life and whatever, and I downloaded to them? Would the kingdom be advanced? Amen. We would have a great, great life. But people want to be, you know, they want to be the Lone Ranger. I don't need nobody, no time. I'm going to get it on my own, a self-made man. And Psalm 1 tells us there are none. Blessed is the man that walketh not. He has to have counsel, but not the ungodly counsel. Counsel of men. Counsel of godly men. Counsel of proven men. Not, not perfect men, not men that hadn't missed it, but men that can share their lives humbly and, uh, and, and in divine order. Right place, right time speaks of divine order. That when you're at the right place at the right time, everything you need for that place and that time is available. Did you get that? It's the most awesome place to be. Heaven is the picture of right place, right time on earth. We see heaven, we go, there is nothing wrong there. It is Everything's in order. Everything is right. Everybody's in order. There's nobody getting their way in heaven. There's nobody, you know, I told you so in heaven. It's right. That's what it is in, on earth when you're at the right place at the right time in God. But it requires you to submit yourself to people. And, you know, we need to know. We need to ask ourselves, am I right with people? I know you're getting along. I know you're doing the necessary things in our society and our culture to, to make it and keep your job and, uh, you know, keep your kids in school where they're not, you know, throwing the little bum out. We had a little grandmother one time when Colin was just this tall and, and playing little dribbler basketball. We had a grandmother that got so mad at the referees. Do you all know that grandmother? No, it wasn't Colin's grandmother. <laughs> there was another little boy on the team, and she went down there, and she gave him old Billy... She was banned for life, you know. She, she was banned for life because she just got out of divine order, you know. And that's what we, we got to do. We can't just say, well, I'm making it and I have friends. I've had people say, you know, I'm not so bad, I have friends. That's not it. We're not just supposed to exist or survive. We're supposed to be a blessing. Receiving 
is the highest form of life on earth. You can't receive, you're locked out. The Bible talks about pride and unbelief, all sorts of things. You've got to get whatever it takes to be a receiver. You've got to be able to receive healing. You've got to be able to receive finances. You've got to be able to receive wisdom. You've got to be able to receive counsel from others. You've got to be able to receive help because two, the Bible says two, is better than one. We need each other. Sometimes people get in a church and they want to click up. You ever been in a church that clicked up where they don't, you know, okay, you came to this church, but I don't have to be, you know, in your life or you in my life, so we're going to come over here with, with our kind of people. You know, our people are over here and those people are over there. It is a not, that is not right in God. doesn't mean you have to eat every Sunday dinner with everybody, but it means that we have been put in here by divine order, and people can't stay that are out of order. We, you know, we've, we've been accused of having a church split every Sunday, that people come in one Sunday and go, this isn't it, because they had ulterior motives, they had, a, they had an agenda about, you know, we don't know what all, of taking over a part of the church or whatever, and they, they, don't, they, they have a church split. They leave that Sunday morning. It's like they leave the, and they're gone. Well, that's better than staying six months and then, <laughs> you know what I mean? So we're all here by divine order. So we ought to maximize it. We ought to say, this is my place. These are my people for today. These are my people. So I'm praying for them, and I'm helping them, and I'm believing God, and I'm happy about it, and I'm sitting with them, and I'm, you know, I'm eating the hamburger with them, or whatever we do, we're all like family. Because you know, Debbie's father's always told me, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. Well, in here, we're family. Y'all say amen quickly. Hallelujah. And it's a blessing. I remember when we were in, Alabama, we were in Texas, and we started getting this, what I talked about a while ago, leading by the unction that he was changing our desires because we had told our church we will be here forever. Jesus will break over the eastern sky, and we will be in Gaines County. You know, it will not happen different. But then, you know, we just spoke that out of presumption. And... Uh, he started putting a desire in us. And uh, it's like, okay, Lord, but, you know, there's, what do we do? Here we got this thing stirred up in us, and it makes us unsettled. You ever been unsettled that you're not, not no longer in the right place at the right time? And you just, it's like what Brother Hagin talked about, you know, taking a bath with your socks on. You can do it, but it's, it's not right. And so we got this unction and everything, and then the Lord spoke to us. He, he talked to us. He said, he told me, hook up with three men. He didn't say Gabriel and Michael and, you know, the, he, these were regular folks. He said, hook up with these three men. One of them was in Oklahoma. One of them had just moved from Texas to Alabama. And one of them was a pastor in Alabama. And he said, hook up with these three men. So to do that, we had to, you know, we had to be easily persuaded to believe because there was no evidence that these three, any of them, certainly not all of them, would have any influence on our life. But we jumped and said, we'll do that. And we actually borrowed Myron Leanne's uh, Suburban and drove out to Birmingham and hooked up with Pastor Webb, you know, and just went to some services. And all of a sudden, because we did that, listen to me, he started talking to us about the next step. 
The Lord did. Yeah, the Lord started unfolding things and saying things that were not available to us because they were two doors down, and you could only get stuff one door down. So you had to go through this door, and you think, I've arrived. No, that door gets you in a room that has another door. Did you know there's a lot of people still in the hall? They've never been through a door unless circumstances force them until there is no other option, and they just have to, and they're crying the whole time. They never open a door. Well, you can get some relief that way. You can advance some that way. Somebody's mad at you, so you change churches because you know you're just so mad at them that you just say, well, okay. But the best way is just to be happy and blessed. And the Lord just say, I'm talking to you right now. There's a new right place in the right time. There's a new job. Well, I'm happy, Lord, and this is, this is a good job. And this is, this is where I, I've, made, done, I've done well. Yeah, it was a step, and you had to take this step before you could go, do another step. But this isn't the destination. This is the path. Y'all, we're all on assignment, and we need people to help us. Hallelujah. Impartation. You know, in the Old Testament and the New, there was a laying on of hands for impartation. We need people because only people have hands that have impartation. If you're all by yourself and you don't need nobody, you can pay your bills and you can go to work. You can watch I Love Lucy on the TV land channel, but you can't get impartation. Can't get it off the TV. Can't get it out of a book. Paul said, I need to be with you so I can impart some things to you. Relationship. So you got to be mindful of who you're in relationship with. How do you be in relationship with them? One thing you do is you listen to them. If you are in a, like for instance, a church, we just say that. But, but any kind of other relationship, you listen to them. You, you get their CDs or you get their tapes or you read their books. Y'all read any Brother Copeland books? Any Brother Hagen books? We, we'd get people that come into church and, and have tremendous diseases, challenges in their life. And we'd rock along there after three months and say, well, what books are you reading on healing? Well, I don't have any. So you're going to gut this out on your own under the pressure of a disease, under the prognosis of a doctor that says this and this and that and this, and you don't have a contrary voice that says this is the way, walk ye in it? Not likely you're going to win, is it? We've got to be connected. Say connected. You've got to be connected, and you've got to examine your life. Not good enough. Oh, it's good enough. I'm satisfied. Well, anybody can be satisfied with a low level of living. There's countries all over the world right now where if you ask the people, are you satisfied? And we look at them and say, your water is, is yucky. You don't have indoor plumbing. You, your groceries, there's meat hanging in the, you know, you can't be satisfied, but it's all they know. And so they would say, well, you know, I'm as good as my neighbor's. And so you could be a Christian saying, good enough, but, all, uh, but missing God's plan, right place, right time. And when you get with a person that will mentor you, that will disciple you, someone that can speak into your life, you will see. That's what you're doing right now. The Holy Ghost is speaking into your life, pulling back veils and, and bringing light to the shadows, things that, that you go, I never did get that, but I see it now. 
or I, now I, 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 that's a new avenue. You get you out of your rut. You got to go to church. People that don't go to church, they're not at the right place at the right time. They say, well, I'm blessed. Well, yeah, according to any level that you would measure by some other person that doesn't go to church or that's going to the wrong church. But you've got to go to the right church. You've got to have the right pastor. I'm not everybody's pastor. They're not all ready for me. <laughs> uh, like Colin said, a jagged little pill. <laughs> it hurts all the way down before it takes effect, you know. <laughs> Not about me, but he just said, talks about people that are tough to take. Ah, jagged little pill. Not everybody's ready for me. Are you? Are you? Yeah, it's not, it's not soft and pretty. It's not always, you know, and you could be offended every service. I, Debbie and I could say stuff you could go, it's all about me and that wasn't and I don't like it. Boy, you can sit there and just buckle up and say, take three breaths. Just breathe deep, breathe deep and, and just take it. And the Lord will scour that mess off of you, and he'll put something powerful in you, and you'll walk out. You may have your feelings hurt and your feathers drooping, but you'll walk out saying, I've got access. Things that I could never do. And here's the seed principle, and I'll quit with this. The seed principle is this. The whole kingdom is based on this. You and I can't get everything that's in this word to get on our own. So what we do is we lay down our life in one dimension so that we can pick it up in another dimension. You lay down a dollar in the offering because a dollar won't buy you your dreams. A dollar won't get you where you need to go, where God's assigned you. You hold it up and say, God, I've got, I'll give you everything. I'll do everything. It's not enough. So you lay it down in one dimension as a seed, and you pick it up as a new job. You pick it up. As a, uh, with uh, windows opening. You pick it up, right place, right time. The Bible talks in Malachi about windows of heaven opening to the tither, the one that lays down his life and says, Lord, I'm bringing you 10%. And the Lord said, I'll count it as 100%. Bring me 10 with the right heart, and I will mark it in the books as 100% that you brought it all. Well, Lord, I'm going to do five. He said, we can't count five. We're going to say that you are a God robber. Ah, oh, Lord, nine. Can we do nine? No, that, your heart, your heart has to be involved and say, whatever he says, I will do it. He says 10, I'm in. And the Lord said, let's just move the books over. 10%, we'll mark down 100. Lord, I've still got 90 he said, yeah, and there's more to come. See, that's the kind of, that's the right place at the right time. He says, windows, I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you'll not be easily able to contain it. It overflows. Amen. That's the people factor. God will send then people into your life that don't know you, don't want you, don't need you, and they will be, be bringing his provision. Three kinds of people, three kinds of relationships in your life. There's people that you intersect you just intersect them in life. You saw them, you see them, you meet them, and you think, whoo, they are nice. Let's have the Joneses over for supper. But they're just an intersection. They dropped off something for you, or you dropped off something for them. And then they pass into the night, and you never see them again. Y'all know those people? But they're sweet. They're wonderful, but it's not forever. Then there's people where you come alongside them. 
for a season. And you think, oh, this is my bosom buddy. This is the one forever. But their plan and your plan in God just goes for a season. And usually it's a discipling thing where one of you is, is bringing something from God to the other. But then you separate. And then there's those partner things where they say in life that if you have a lifetime friend, one lifetime friend, you are in a small minority. If you have two, you are, you are in the stratosphere. So God sometimes puts people together that go the whole distance. They're that Paul and Timothy. Amen? And you just like, we don't care, Lord. I'll leave tomorrow. I'll stay forever. It doesn't matter. I'm on your agenda. Instead of, well, he hurt my feelings, or she didn't say it right, or I don't get no respect around here, or, the, you know, we don't care. Right place, right time is worth everything. Well, the Bible says that uh, blessed is the man, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, stands not in the place of the sinner or whatever. That's where we got to go. People are in your future. Get right with people. Even if you don't need them and even if they won't receive from you, get right with people. Just tell them, I love you, I forgive you by faith. Because generally, that's how it's going to be anyway. It, the warm ooey doesn't come until way after you've been in faith, if ever. And then get right with people. Find you somebody that you can say, I need to receive from them. You can get, it, you know, you can get tapes and books, Andrew Womack or Brother Copeland or Brother Hagen or just whoever. I've bought books before. Debbie and I bought books before and bought tape sets. Listen to one, read one chapter, and we go, mm, this isn't it. Put it on the shelf, and then six months, 12 months later, go, God, what are you saying? Pull that book down, and it is exactly what you need. Y'all been there? Of course. And you go, whoo, I'm at the right place. I bought that book. I got that tape. And it put me at the right place for today. I'm telling you, God's good, y'all. You go, well, God, when are you going to do something good for me? <laughs> I'm telling you, he's giving you access. You need to find it. Find your people. This whole pastoral thing, you know, pastors have to be careful. They have to be careful because there's a stigma. There's a cultural thing where, where pastors have abused and overstepped and, and fell and mega churches, and then you find out what's really going on behind the scene, and you just want to throw it all out. But all we can do is do the Bible pattern. You've messed up just like those pastors have messed up. We're not judging them. We're just saying, God, I'm going to find me one that'll get me, help me, mentor me, disciple me, so that I can go out and help somebody, mentor somebody, disciple somebody. That's the whole end of it right there. Praise God. Whoo, the gifts of the Holy Ghost are all over you. Hallelujah. Hold your hands up with me this morning. Say, these hands are the hands of a wealthy man or woman. Come on, let's say, these hands are the hands of a wealthy man. Money cometh, money cometh to me, to me. In, 2012. in 2012. I am a money magnet. A money Opportunities, opportunities. Windows, and doors, windows and doors, they're all around. They're all around. The, Holy the Holy Ghost directs me. I walk through the right one the right at the right time. These hands are healing hands. The life, the life and, ability and ability and power of God, power of God 
are in these hands. When I lay these hands on trouble, on people, the trouble leaves and the people recover. These hands are a blessing to God and an avenue of life for me. Thank you, Lord. In 2012, I will think right. I will be with the right people. I will be easily persuaded to believe. Right now, I take off every roadblock, every impediment, every obstacle that makes me doubt and slow to believe. I'm easily and quickly persuadable to believe. This is my year. I take hold of it. I claim it. It is my year in the Holy Ghost, in the life of God, to win, to be successful, to have my time. Every seed sown in season has a harvest. My harvest is now. I love people. I love to be with people. I love to receive from people. People are God's gift to me. I receive his gift. Thank you, Lord. I'm falling in love with people in 2012. In Jesus' name. Now lay your hands on your body right now. Life. Life. Life of God. Go in now. Beams and rays of healing into your body now. Receive it. Receive it. As you have received, so shall you give. You will be raised up this year, saith the Lord, as my healing instrument in the earth. I will brighten this city. I will come over this county. I will show myself strong in Alabama by people who are easily persuaded to believe that if set themselves to not have their own way, to be in my right place at my right time. Get ready, saith the Lord. I am sending you forth. Will you not know it? And will it not be glorious to you? I am sending you forth, and I will supply for you. The home fires will be burning when you get home, for the supernatural supply of my life to you will cause a fullness of provision and a supply that you have never known and rarely heard as I send you forth and you go in my name. It will be glorious, saith the Lord, on your way out, on your time left. It will be glorious, saith the Lord, in this place. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And I tell you, our young people, if you're less than 25 years old, I'm telling you God's got something for you. And it will not be small. It will not be as this generation has been. It will not be as the pattern of those who believe not. 
It will not be the life of those that chose not the things of God, but it will be a new demonstration of the glory and blessing of God that our children be raised up in this day to be God lovers and God worshipers and carriers of his glory. It will be, though you look and say, how can it be? It will be, saith the Lord. I will do it. I will do it. It will be done. Amen. 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 Let's stand up. Praise God. Deb, do you have anything? You know, uh, you're going to, on concerning relationships, and God putting you in relationship with people to receive and to be a giver to, you're going to miss God if you go by age. If you say, oh, well, that couple's too young, they wouldn't want to go out to lunch with us. You're going to miss God. Hallelujah. Or if you say, well, that, they, they're older, I wouldn't want to invite them over to the house. A lot, of, a lot of stuff I've received in life has been from older people and also from younger people. Absolutely. There is no age in Christ. And so there are as young people that can be a blessing to you and hallelujah. And then there's old people that hallelujah, older people, get your age limits off or you're going to be lonely for first of all. Hallelujah. Praise God. And you're going to miss some of those divine relationships. Perfect. Amen. Perfect. Amen. Amen. God bless you and keep you. And as you walk out, even through this week, the blessing of the Lord, the windows of heaven open unto you, divine appointments, divine junctures for your life, revealed, seen, and seized in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. See you Wednesday.